0: Like the Buffalo Bills.
1: What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. I have a very special guest today. We have a player that is top 10 at Tennessee in points, points per game, rebounds and rebounds per game in her career. As a senior, she averaged 17.8 points, 8.8 rebounds, was named senior class award winner, was coaches all SEC first team selection in 2020 slash 21, one of the best defenders in the NCAA and now going to be in the WNBA. I'm pleased to welcome from the Minnesota Lynx, Renaya Davis. Renaya, how are you today?
0: What's up, man? What's good? Um, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here talking to you and everybody in Buffalo. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you know, preseason and media day is just going on for you guys. And the season's going to be starting up here very shortly. So let's kind of just start it off with how did you get into basketball? And did you play any other sports uh, growing up? And what made, you know, basketball the sport that you ended up ultimately going to?
0: Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I've been an athlete my entire life. I just like to just be active and be outside. So I've tried every sport. But I haven't played any sport organized other than basketball because basketball is just, you know, this is what I love to do. I just fell in love with basketball. Every other sport is like, it was cool, but it's just not basketball. It doesn't measure up with basketball. So, you know.
1: And then, you know, once you decided to go into basketball, and I'm sure you're seeing this now more, I mean, now that you're in the WNBA, but towards the later stages of your college career, the, you know, recruiting process and, what the players are able to do now that they're starting to change some of the NCA regulations and everything. What was your <laughs> recruiting process like, and what ultimately made you decide to choose uh, Tennessee for your college career?
0: So my recruiting process was not fun for me personally. I um, actually once I got to college is when I became more open and more interactive with people. I used to be really, really introverted. So having to talk to so many coaches and that was a lot for me. Like I was super uninterested in it. Obviously I was excited that coaches were interested in me, but I would pass a lot of those conversations off to my mom and my AAU coach. And, you know, they would just kind of get a feel for a lot of things for me because they know me personally, but, um, I obviously had to do some talking to get, get my list down. I got it down to five, and Tennessee actually wasn't on that top five list originally, which is insane to think about. Um, then I had a conversation with one of the assistant coaches. I was just calling her to let her know, you know, I won't be attending <laughs> Tennessee. Like, I just called every coach out of respect and let them know that I won't be attending their school. But – you know, it was just a certain conversation we had. Um, head coach and assistant coach at the time. They actually ended up flying to Jacksonville. We sat down, had dinner. And, um, you know, it just changed my perspective on a lot of things. And once I took a visit to Tennessee, I was so, like, it, that was it for me. The atmosphere was unmatched. Like, walking on that campus probably other than what, like, uh, now nowadays, you know, like South Carolina, Baylor, UConn, schools like that. But when I was getting recruited, it was Tennessee. Tennessee was the – was the blueprint. So going there, they took me to a football game, too. That's probably what they do with all the recruits so that we can make sure we see all of the fans that will be in attendance. So it's just crazy. They just love sports there, especially women's basketball, especially football, um, and now men's basketball. So it's just a crazy atmosphere, and that's part of the reason why I chose Tennessee.
1: And then, obviously, you go down as one of the best players in Tennessee women's basketball history. Like I said in my intro, you're only one of four players – to, you know, be in top 10 in both points, points per game, rebounds, rebounds per game, with a few other great names that have come out of Tennessee. Um, Can you describe, you know, your time at Tennessee, how maybe you grew as a player over the course of your years there? And was there any specific point at Tennessee where, you know, maybe you had the, you know, light bulb moment where, you know, you made decision like, yes, I want to be in the WNBA one day, or was that something that you kind of had in your mind before you even chose Tennessee?
0: Yeah. So just to be, um, just to be clear, like I went to Tennessee so that my name could be a part of those conversations with those great players with that. call to called Ketchins, Ken's partner. Like those are all three players that, you know, I aspired to play like, and just be great. Like, so to have my name in that conversation with them, that's huge. Like, Still hasn't really settled in. Maybe one day I'll see it on paper and be like, "Wow, like I really did that." When I look back or something like that. But you know, right now, you know, it's just a great accomplishment for me individually. And yeah, so, (laughs) so when I'm doing something, I always like to be the best and reach the highest level. So going back to when I said I would try out every sport, like in middle school and stuff, I would just try every sport. And then once I decided, you know, I chose basketball, the sport I wanted to do. Literally, the moment I signed up for an organized team, I said, I would to be in the WNBA. Like, you know, that's the highest level I can get to. So, you know, why not work at those goals and those aspirations? Because that's the highest level of basketball for women. So in the seventh grade is when I decided that I wanted to be in the WNBA. And then going to Tennessee just, just helped me out and just boosted me in that. Just being around players, coaches, and just the atmosphere that has produced so many WNBA players. Like, that was great for me.
1: And then was there, uh, was it like a tough transition going from high school to Tennessee, you know, going onto that big campus, you know, stepping on as a freshman? What was that kind of adjustment period like? And was there um, a specific game or, you know, year, whether it's your freshman, sophomore year, where you really realized you were one of the best players in the women's game?
0: (laughs) So um, a lot of people say, you know, when you go to college, um, play college basketball, it's going to be so much harder. The speed is going to be so much faster because are going to be so much stronger. And blah, blah, blah Like, I mean, all of these things are true, but for me personally, from a school standpoint, I was already in college because I was already getting my, um, associate's degree, my junior and senior year of high school. So that wasn't a big change for me. And then from a basketball standpoint, I played on the, um, EYBL, Nike circuit, which is the most elite high school players in girls basketball. So a lot of those same players I was playing against in the SEC every night um, and even out of conference, I was playing against some of those same girls and I've always played up to an A.U. So I wouldn't say that college is is as hard as far as college basketball. I I wouldn't say it was as hard as a lot of people made it seem. Um, I'm usually quick to adjust anyways to whatever Environment I'm in, and then we had an exhibition game my freshman year, and I had 27 points and 14 rebounds. That was my first time putting on the college jersey, so that's when I was just like, I mean, this is not easy, but it's definitely something that, you know, I can, I can do. Like I can I can definitely be considered one of the one of the best from this university by the time I leave. Like just going out there and, and doing that my first college game. Like even though the game didn't count, but like still doing that, it just had me like, okay. Like maybe I can relax a little bit. Like I'm cool. Like I'm, I'm going to be good. So I just really took that game. I'm so happy I had a good first game because if I wouldn't have had a good first game, it's no telling how the rest of the years would have went, but that, that first exhibition game just gave me all the confidence that I needed.
1: Yeah. I was actually watching some highlights of you earlier today. And the one highlight game that I watched that really stood to me was actually against Ole Miss when you had 33 points where you kind of just displayed every single thing that you can do, whether it was mid-range, you know, three, getting to the free throw line defensively, um, really just, like you said, one of the best players in college basketball. Now, this past year was obviously probably a little bit more difficult with COVID going on. Um, I'm sure the testing and everything could be annoying. Um, Can you kind of talk about what your past season was like with, you know, maybe all the different restrictions you might have had to, Face whether it was COVID, changing of schedule, um, not having fans, just the whole season in general?
0: Yeah, COVID, COVID season, as I like to call it, it was, it was unique. It was definitely unique. Um, and like I said earlier, I'm, I'm one to usually be able to adjust on the fly and just, you know, kind of go with the flow about a lot of things. Um, COVID, something else I had to just learn how to just go with the flow um, no telling when it's, it's gonna be gone, but it was it was a lot. Um, to have COVID during the season because obviously our travel was limited, certain things you couldn't do, you weren't allowed to play in certain games just because of like certain contact tracings or maybe somebody might have got COVID on the team or something like that. And then for me personally, I actually got COVID back in February, so I had to miss a game. Um, so that was heartbreaking for me. I had to just watch the game on TV, and I was just I was at home, just like ah man, I wish I was out there. I wasn't feeling sick anymore, but the doctors just didn't clear me um, yet. I actually got out of quarantine. I mean, isolation that very next day after the game. But that was just a tough moment for me. And then having to get COVID testing so often, just depending on who we played, where we played. I know we had like an out-of-conference game early in the year. I think it was against Indiana or something like that. And we actually had to get tested every day of that week leading up to the game. And then we had to do a test, a rapid test on the day of the game. So different conferences had different rules for how they wanted their testing protocols to go. And it was just a lot of adjustments that had to be made. But ultimately, you know, teams had to do it. We weren't just the only team that had to do it. Everybody had to do it. So.
1: And then fast forward to the end of your year this year, um, the NCAA tournament, which you guys were in. One of the biggest storylines that I think came out of that, and I had one of my friends that was a video coordinator on Louisville women's basketball on a few weeks ago and we were talking about, you know, how the women's tournament really stepped it up and we both personally thought that the women's tournament was better overall than the men's tournament this year as far as the game value, the closer games and everything. But I think the biggest story was when the video was released of the weight room differences and the swag bags and the food and all that sort of thing, which, you know, the NCAA feel like is – kind of put under the rug for so many years. What was your reaction when you're, oh, you're in the bubble for the tournament and you're seeing, you know, kind of the, you know, variances between the men and women and how did that make you feel? And maybe it's how your teammates felt about it.
0: Yeah, so I wish, I really wish I could say I was surprised, but I, I just wasn't like, um, it's just the world we live in, unfortunately, especially like um, in sports. You know, women just are not treated equally as men, which, you know, people have their arguments as to why it is. But at the end of the day, we still put the same amount of effort, energy, and passion into the game that the men put. So I wasn't really surprised. I was surprised that it was that big of a difference, honestly. But I wasn't surprised that the men got, you know, a little bit more than what we got. Obviously, the women did what they needed to do, and all over social media, last in the NCAA so I definitely appreciated that and they they came and got that fixed pretty quickly so hopefully next year you know they don't have to go through those things I don't think they will because I think you know it's been put on the forefront now so I think you know people are observing a lot more and people are paying a lot more attention so hopefully too that that carries over to the the WNBA season a lot more people pay attention to us too.
1: Yeah I completely agree I mean like you said regardless of you know, the sport or how much a certain sport generates revenue wise, it doesn't matter. You guys are still putting in the same hours, both on the court, off the court, in the classrooms. And it definitely was just not fair of them to do that. I know, you know, I'm sport management major and a lot of my other friends that we talk in a group chat and especially my friends I work with at IMG now, you know, having the WNBA players and seeing what, you know, they went through, it just, it's tough to see that the women's game wasn't being treated fairly, but hopefully like you said, you know, next year, they're gonna not have to deal with that. So you finish your season and you declare for the draft. Can you talk about just the overall draft process? I've always, you know, I've never had a professional athlete on before. Can you kind of just talk about that whole process that you have a general idea that you were going to go in the first round and where, um, and things of that nature, and then maybe just draft night <laughs> itself?
0: Man, I'm going to try to give you the shortest version possible, because from the day we lost um, in the NCAA tournament up until April 15th, which is a good, we lost pretty early in the tournament, so that was a good about three weeks of just constant, like, just I ah, 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 like stuff was just coming at me left and right, left and right. Once again, I had to do a whole lot of adjusting. But as far as the actual WNBA um, draft process, um, it was it was similar to recruit to the um, college recruitment process. So um, coaches that were interested in you or whatever, um, they would they would reach out to me or to my college coach or to my agent or whoever, and um, just find out a little bit about you. Um, obviously, they've seen you play multiple times, so they would just find out little bit about you off the court and just how you like playing with certain like people on the team, how, what type of coach you prefer, you know, typical like questions. It was almost like an interview and a lot of the, a lot of the um, coaches I talked to, it was almost like an interview. But um, draft night itself, I'm skipping a lot of steps right now because it was so much, but draft night itself was definitely the best day of my life um, from start to finish. Um it was just great, and before the draft, I thought that I was either going to Atlanta or Indiana. Those were the two teams that I um, was projected to go to, and I was talking to uh, Atlanta quite a bit, actually. But when when my name wasn't called at three or four, you know, you know those, you just feel like obviously you try to stay positive, but it's just like still like like dang a little bit a little bit of hurt a little bit that's just say the least but when I got drafted at nine to Minnesota I was just so excited like I didn't care what number it was and that's like I pray a lot too so before the draft like weeks leading up to the draft weeks leading up I was just talking to God a lot about how you know I want you to put me where I'm supposed to be yeah I don't really care if I go one two three or 10 or 20 or however I go like just put me where I'm supposed to be, you know, a good fit for me because he, he knows what I need more than I know. So he, he did that. He, he did just that. Um, I got drafted to Minnesota and Minnesota was one of the few teams that I hadn't talked to pre, pre-drive. So it was a little weird like, dang, y'all still interested in me? We didn't even talk outside of basketball. Like, I only know how I'm a basketball player, but it's been great, like, here just coming here to a culture, like a positive culture, like everything that they do here is for championships. And it's not like, you know, basketball is the end all be all because I feel like they still care about us as people, but it's like, you have to carry yourself a certain way in order to be a champion. And I feel like everybody here exemplifies that. Everybody here resembles that, like from the players, to the coaches, to the cameraman, to everybody that works with the team, it's just a certain standard when you're here in Minnesota. And so I've just been grateful my prayers have been answered. I think God did what he needed to do. Obviously I'm not able to start the season with them, but I'm still going to be there cheering for them. And,
1: you know, I'm just,
0: I'm just excited.
1: Yeah. I think everyone could tell how excited you were. you were one of the best draft <laughs> reactions. You're watching your own highlights, but Hey, you gotta, you gotta watch yourself, the crossover and everything. Yeah, uh, I, and I loved it. <laughs> it was great. Um, so like you said, you just said Minnesota wasn't a team that you were really, in contact with it all. So when you do get drafted by them, did you have any, you know, thoughts going through your mind, or did you know anything about Minnesota other than maybe, you know, they had won four times already, 2011, 2013, 15, 17. They were in the semifinals last year. And did you know anything, you know, maybe just about the city of Minnesota or what were your first kind of reactions to that?
0: Yeah. First reaction was, I need to give me a coat. That was literally my first reaction. I was like, I'm not about to be in Minnesota freezing. Like, I'm not about to do that. I've been in Florida for the past month. I already know my body's gonna be in shock. But yeah, other than that, I didn't know much about the city, but Minnesota, when I when I was like growing up and stuff and getting into basketball, I would watch some of the WNBA games. And LA and Minnesota were the two teams that I that I like to watch. Because once again, like you can see that you can see that championship mindset. Every position when Minnesota's playing, you could see that. So I just used to like watching them play all the time. Obviously, Mike Moore is a great player, so I used to like watching her play too. But those two teams, I used to watch all the time. So I knew enough about their team, but the city, I didn't know too much about. And I'm, I'm still learning and finding stuff out about that now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know Minnesota has one of the stronger city fan bases, whether it's the Wild, the Vikings, the Lynx. Um, Hopefully the Timberwolves now with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, they'll get some more uh, fans in there. Um, I'm curious to, you know, as you're growing up playing basketball, are there any players that you maybe modeled your game after, or maybe if you didn't model your game after everyone, did you have a player that you specifically liked to watch a lot when you were growing up?
0: In the WNBA? Yes. Yeah. So my first favorite player ever men's or women's was lisa leslie she was my first favorite player and that's that's why i say you know i used to like watch l.a play but she just because when i um when i found out that she dunked in the game i was just like astounded like i didn't know when could dunk i just went to play basketball i did not know that we were capable of dunking so when i saw lisa leslie dunk i'm like wait This lady just dunk. Like, I'm tripping right now. But, yeah, she was my favorite player just based off the fact that she could dunk the basketball. And then I just kept watching more and more getting more into it and just seeing, like, these women with these great skill sets. It's not just about just being out there looking pretty. I think people have a misconception of women's basketball anyways. But there's a lot of women with great skill sets, in my opinion. So, yeah, at least Liz is my first favorite player. But I've had quite a few favorite
1: players since her. And then, obviously, unfortunate that you got hurt before the season started. Can you kind of talk about, you know, when it happened and kind of the mindset that um, that you had right after? Because I'm sure it was really tough for you. You know, you just get drafted, you're fulfilling a lifelong dream. You're number nine overall pick. You're probably going to be a, a significant contributor. Excuse me, contributor for the Links uh, this year. Um, could you I and mean, do you have a time frame on when you think you'll be back on the court?
0: I don't have a time frame you know this is just something that it's a stress fracture in the foot so it's a it's a weird injury it's kind of like an injury where you really don't want to rush it back because you rush it back and you you know you can mess up things for the future so i just want to make sure i'm good for the future you know right now you know the team and the coaches they know what i'm dealing with they know that stress fracture is not the easiest injury to get over um I do plan on being back this season, I definitely do, but I'm not going to rush it, I'm not going to force it. Um, the coaches have been great, they've been in communication, the trainer, everything, we've been doing everything to just make sure I'm good. I've been in the boot, haven't really been walking on my foot. Um, I can walk on it, but they don't want me to walk on it. So, you know, it's just, you know, it's just kind of what it is, things happen. Once again, just being able to adjust is a huge part of my life. So I'm just doing that right now and I'm still going to contribute um, just from the sideline. So that's cool. You know, it's all going to work out. I was supposed to.
1: And then was there any major differences that you noticed going from Tennessee to just, you know, what you've seen so far at train camp with Minnesota? I know you talked before going from high school to college, people make it seem like it's a bigger, you know, transition than maybe it seems. Have you noticed anything significant since you've gotten to Minnesota, whether it be like the pace of the game or just, you know, maybe the flow of the game's a little different or anything like that?
0: Yeah, so as far as pace, I, I've always liked to play fast. And um, I think the league is definitely a fast-paced league. Just watch it from the sidelines. In, in our practices and then when we played against Atlanta, they were going fast. Washington, Washington is a more deliberate team, but they still were going pretty fast. So um, definitely the pace is, is going to be huge. And I think, too, just understanding, you know, this is my job now. <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm not here – to go to school first and then be a basketball player second. No, I'm here to strictly play basketball. Like, this is my job. And, you know, you're not doing your job. There's somebody else that is very willing to do your job. So, and I and I think that that's emphasized and that's noticed um, all the time, like, around here. Like, uh, I was hearing the first week I was here. like, you're a pro now. You're a pro now. I was hearing that all the time. You're a pro now. You're a pro now from everybody, from the coaches, from the trainers, from the team, everybody was just saying, you know, you're a pro now. You're a pro and then. You know, that, that really starts to sink in when you have to start making moves like a pro. Like, you know, you can't be late. Obviously, you weren't supposed to be late in college either, but the penalties are definitely different here. Like, you lose money for the things that you, you are doing wrong. Like, you don't just get a slap on the wrist or just, oh, like, you know, run a little bit in practice. Like, no, like, you're losing money. You're actually a pro. So that's the biggest difference for me is just being able to just grow into a pro. And I, But I think, you know, being the only rookie on this team this year, I think being surrounded by the veterans that I have, you know, that's going to help me develop in my pro mindset a little bit um, quicker than maybe if I was somewhere with multiple rookies or a different situation.
1: And then obviously you're not playing, practicing right now, but when you do get back on the court, what skills do you plan on um, improving on now making the move over to WNBA? Because I think – when you look at your college career, everyone knows you can score from pretty much wherever. Some people say you need to improve on your three. I think your defense is what really stands out. I mean, I was going through stats earlier, and when you're defending in pick and rolls on 76 possessions, you only allowed 34 points on 23% shooting, and then on spot-up <laughs> shots in 68% possessions – you have 45 on 24% shooting. Like, those are insane <laughs> numbers defensively. So, is there anything you're really looking to, you know, improve on once you do get back on the court for the league?
0: I'm actually cracking up right now, like those numbers and those stats, because when I first got to college, I hated defense. Like, it wasn't even, I hated it. Like, uh, I was starting my freshman year in college, but I was never ending the games. So, I would ask my coach, like, why am I on the bench in the fourth quarter? Like, why am I not in the game? She's like, you can't guard anybody. You can't guard anybody. I'm like, dang. Well, that's truthful. Um, but, man, ever since then, my first year, and I tell you, I've taken defense so much more seriously. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm the best defender in the world. But, you know, I, I use my length and my size and my speed to, you know, bother people, especially on the perimeter. So that's just cool to hear those numbers. But as far as improving for the lead, obviously I want to get my three-point shot more consistent um which even in the first three days of training camp right the coaches are already working on me with just just small things as far as like just keeping my elbow in a little bit more make sure my follow through is above my eye and, and those small little things like that my shot improved in a matter of three days so I'm not really concerned about my three-point shot and I think too just the type of players we have on our team and the system we run like I'm going to get open three so just being able to just go ahead and have the confidence to knock those down um but I think um one more thing I can improve on is just being a consistent voice. Um, I think I have a pretty high basketball IQ, and I have a lot of knowledge. I think a lot. I think the game a lot, specifically. So just sharing some of that knowledge with my teammates, even being a rookie, um, still sharing some of that knowledge because you, you, you just never know um, that holding back, you know, that could, that could hurt the team. So just being more consistent in that.
1: And then when you do get back on the court, what goals do you maybe specifically have Um, for yourself and for the team as well. I know maybe going into the year, you know, maybe you want to win rookie of the year, but maybe that's changed a little bit just based on the amount of games you might be able to play based on the injury, but I'm sure you're still going to go out there and try to kill and win rookie of the year, no matter how many games you're going to play. But do you have any personal goals and team goals you want to hit this year?
0: Yeah. I mean, the amount of games I'm playing don't really matter. Um, Any game I check into, I'm going to give it my all, so I'm not, you know, I think rookie of the year, like, player of the year, defensive player of the year, like, those things are like very uh, intangible. Like, those are things that's, like, that sounds nice. That really sounds – that sounds like a really good goal. I don't want to go into this year and average 30, right, and 10 rebounds. Like, that sounds really good, but what I want to do is go into this year and just do whatever my team needs me to do for that night. And, it, I mean, that's pretty much the same thing I did at Tennessee, like, if, if if I'm out there first game back, if they're like, we really need you to score this game. Like, somebody's down or something's not going right, somebody's not hitting shots, we really need you to get to the basket. Okay, I can do that for you. If you need me to go get 10, 15 rebounds, okay, I can do that for you. If you need me to just guard the whole game, I can do that. If you just need me to sit on the sideline and just be the best cheerleader, like, I can do that. And I think, for me, that's what I'm really looking forward to this season. It's just doing whatever my team needs me to do. Cause I feel like when I do whatever they need me to do, like the team is so much better. And I, I mean, that's, that's everybody, not just me, but when everybody accepts their role on a team, you know, that just makes the team so much better. So I'm looking forward to accepting my role and thriving in it, whatever that is.
1: I'm sure you absolutely will. <laughs> and before we get to kind of some more, you know, fun questions to end, you know, the show today, I just saw that you and a bunch of other WNBA players just signed with Nike. So can you kind of talk about, you know, that whole experience, you know, signing with them? And I think what's really cool about seeing that is it kind of shows how much more the WNBA is involved or, you know, evolving. And I'm seeing, I feel like there's more buzz around the WNBA, um, especially this year than maybe there has been in past years. I mean, the draft was one of the most viewed for the WNBA this year in their history. So can you kind of just talk about, you know, that experience for you and how cool it is to, you know, now be an Nike athlete?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. What a time to be a women's athlete. That's all I can say. Um, things are shifting. People are starting to see, you know, like I said earlier, the same passion we have as the men, the same effort we put into it, the same work ethic, you know, if not more at times. So it's just great. And Nike right now, they are um, shifting as well. So they're, they're trying to get more women's athletes you know, working with them as well, too. Obviously, they have so many NBA players, but now they're trying to get more WNBA players. So to be considered, you know, as somebody that Nike wanted to work with, that's huge for me. I've I, I worn Nikes my whole life. Never thought I would be getting free Nikes, though. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's just, it's just great for me. Once again, um, I've just been soaking everything in. It just, you know, it's cool. It's great. Um, Nike's one of the biggest brands in the world, in the country, So it's just like to be a part of that family, you know, it means a lot. I mean, it's a big deal for sure.
1: And then to close today's show, we're going to do a little bit some more fun questions for you, kind of let the fans get to know you a bit more. So let's start off with what's your favorite pregame meal?
0: Pregame meal. Okay. I'm going to have to go. So either, either a good pasta. I can do, or if not pasta, I'll do like a baked potato, um, some grilled chicken, and shrimp. I have to have shrimp, have to have shrimp, even in the pasta, like I have to have shrimp. So the shrimp, the potato, and either a baked potato or a mashed potato, either one, and then the grilled chicken, and then I usually do a salad or some broccoli just to kind of balance out my meal, and then, and then I, I always do pineapples too, like I always do it. <laughs>
1: And then why the number zero?
0: <laughs> I've been getting asked that question a lot lately. So when I was in high school, I wore number 10. And when I got to Tennessee, well, when I was, when I committed to Tennessee and I was asking, you know, can I get the number 10? They were like, oh, somebody has the number 10. I'm like, what? Did somebody ask my number <laughs> but, um, then she's like, well, you can get it your junior year when they're gone because they were two years older than me. And I was just like, nah, I don't want to change halfway through. Like, you know, I'm not going to do that. So I talked to my mom a little bit. And I was like, what do you think if I just drop the one and just get zero? Like, nobody has zero. I've never seen anybody in zero. And she's like, I think zero will be good for you. Like, it'll fit you. And it'll be like representing like a new beginning for me. I said, you know what? That's right. That's right. So I got zero. And at Tennessee, like, zero just fit it. It just fit me. Like, I think zero fits me. So, I just got zero. And, once again, that's just how I know Minnesota is the right place for me because they had zero available. A lot of other teams did not have zero available. So, when I found out they had zero available, I was like, you know what, this is perfect.
1: <laughs> and then, what's your favorite basketball memory that you've had so far in your life, whether it be, you know – when you were super young, maybe elementary, middle school, all the way till you know high school, college, or maybe even it was just maybe it was draft day for you.
0: Okay, draft night is definitely top two. Draft night is definitely top two. Before draft night, I had a moment my junior year of high school where we won um, my my high school team won Dix Nationals and we in New York City and we played that championship game in Madison Square Garden. So that was. Insane to play. In Mad- like I don't even know if a lot of people have even been in Madison Square Garden, but to play in Madison Square Garden and then to win a championship in Madison, that was huge, that was crazy. Um, So we did that. We came back from New York, the whole city was waiting on us in the airport. Everybody was lit, turned for us. Like it was just exciting. We celebrated for like two weeks straight afterwards. So winning nationals in high school, my junior year was definitely my favorite moment after the WNBA draft. <laughs>
1: And then two more quick ones. Uh, What kind of message would you give to any girl or just athlete in general that wants to play at the college or pro level? Um, You know, how do they get there? Um, What uh, advice would you give them?
0: I would just say, you know, make sure that it's just something that you really want to do. (laughs) And that, that sounds basic. That sounds plain and boring. But it's true because, Especially in college, and I, I haven't did much in the professional life yet. But especially in college, it gets real. It gets hard. It gets tough. It gets repetitive. Like a lot of the things you're doing, you're gonna be doing every single day. Summertime, your first summer, <laughs> your first summer in college is hell. Like you, if you make it through your first summer in college, I always say tell freshmen that come in. If you make it through, if you make it through this summer, this preseason, like you're gonna be good. You're gonna last all four years. But that first summer is something that you've never done, the work is just, it's just, mean um, unless you went to like a, a private school or something other, like something different, but the, it gets real. So I would just say, make sure that something that you're really passionate about, something that you really want to do and not just doing it because maybe you're good at it or doing it because, you know, maybe your family wants you to do it or something like that. Like make sure that this is something that you really want to put yourself through because it's not going to be easy all the time.
1: And then last one I have. So if you're, you know, up super late, you wake up in the middle of the night, or maybe you're stopping to get some gas somewhere and you go in to grab, you know, a snack, what is your favorite, you know, late night snack or drink <laughs> that you like to go do maybe, you know, at 2 AM or just on the way home from a workout or something, you want to have a little cheat day or something in there. Um,
0: Definitely fruit snacks, but I eat that every day. Like not even just on a cheat on a cheat day, but fruit snacks is my weakness i'm not gonna lie like i eat them all the time any kind doesn't matter so
1: fruit snacks that's a good answer i feel i (laughs) i I feel like i eat one or two packs every day myself and looking forward so much seeing you get back on the court and i wish you nothing but the best and once again thank you so much for coming on english encore podcast
0: yes sir thanks for having me nick No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.